This episode of Puros Miners Bro is brought to you by CrossFit Exceptionally Made, 14251 Edgemere Boulevard. Visit the website at CrossFitExceptionallyMade.com. If you're looking to get in shape, contact my man Chris Gomez at 915-873-0875. This episode is also brought to you by Safe Arm Agent Crystal Martinez, 12295 Pelicano Drive, Suite 2, El Paso, Texas, 79936. Their phone number is 855-8555. Check out their website at 915insurance.com. On today's episode, we're going to be talking about UTEP football. The Miners added some new pieces for the transfer market. And Brandon Jones has been the star of camp. Plus, me and Alex are going to give our observations about the Miners' final workout in Ridoso. And it is a workout, by the way. You're going to hear from Coach Dana Demo and UTEP quarterback Brandon Jones as UTEP wraps up week one of fall camp. Plus, we have UTEP basketball. They released their brand new schedule, 2019-20 schedule. Alex is very excited about it. It's all coming up. Budos Miners, bro. So let's... Let's go. And welcome to Puros Miners, bro. I'm Mondo the Boss from Dina along with Alex Nicolas. Alex, what's up, baby? It's been a rough week, man. Uh, Yeah, uh, to say it's been a a rough week is uh, been an uh, understatement. Uh, First of all, uh, we both want to offer our condolences to the horrific events that happened about a week and a half ago, uh, the shootings that took place in El Paso. Uh, unbelievable that it would happen here in our city, uh, but it happened, and just a tragic event. Um, but uh, it's something that has made the city come together and become as one. I've seen a lot of unity. I'm not going to get into all the hate stuff that we see, you know, on social media and stuff like that. Uh, but the bottom line is our, our hearts go out to the families affected by this and uh, just a horrific event. And, um, you know, I mean, it's been it's been a like it's been a rough week because it's it's everybody's on edge right now. Heavy heart, man. Heavy heart. I mean, from the moment that I got the news of that, it just, it's just it's heartbreaking. man. That, that's that's a simple way to put it. I mean, it's heartbreaking to see that happen in our city. You feel like you feel like you're, you're the, the secrecy of the city of how sacred it is, man. If secrecy is even a word. You know, it's a sacred town here, and you just feel like that that comfortable sense of living that if you've lived in El Paso, which most people listening to us have. I mean, it feels like it's just been taken away, man. And you know what? Just condolences to those families. Um, got a chance to meet with one of the survivors, um, you know, last week, and that that was it, – it's just hard, man. It's real hard. And, you know, hopefully, you know, now that, you know, football season's coming up, hopefully that's – that can be a, a crutch for people to stand yeah, on and yeah, move some, on. Some, it's, something because, some, uh, like I've said, when it comes to sports, it's entertainment. It's a, one of the entertainment options that people have there. And when you something horrific that happens like this, it's something like sports is sometimes brings people together get their minds off things for a couple of minutes, you know, but uh, once again, our thoughts and prayers uh, to all the victims. And also, you know, I want to give a shout out to all the first responders, yep, for sure. you know, all of our law enforcement, military, everybody involved, you know, I mean, they did a tremendous job. All of our city leaders guy. as well. Yeah. I mean, all of our city you know? leaders, the way that they've been there for us. And, 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 and then also, I'm going to send a shout out to all the, the, the media. I thought yes, everybody did a good yes. job. You know, everybody came together. They put aside their differences. I was, I'll be honest with you. I've been very proud of how the media has come together and worked as one. You know, uh, we're in the spotlight for a very bad thing, and hopefully it never happens again. But 
I love you my know. city, man. I yeah, love I love my El Paso, city. and I love the El Paso Strong, the hashtag people. El Paso Strong. Rocking the shirt right now, baby. Yeah, you are. It's a very nice uh, T-shirt there. So once again, our condolences, and um, it's going to be hard for those people that went through this. It's going to be hard for the police officers and the first responders that had to see all that stuff. I mean, I already have, I'm not going to get into it, exactly. you know, because uh, I can spend the whole hour just talking about okay. all that stuff, but that's not why we're here. We're here to hopefully get your mind off a couple of things. Now, as we talk, um, UTEP minors sports. Um, so, uh, UTEP football right around the corner, literally, uh, three, we got three weeks left until the, the they kick off the season against Houston Baptist. So one week of camp down and three more to go here in El Paso. The team is in route in route. However you want to say it right now on their way route. route. Do you say route or route? Okay. Do you say, hold up, hold up, dog. Hold up, hold up. Do you say tomato, tomato, potato, to- potato, tomato and potato? I say route. Route. Yeah. I say route too. I, I thought you route. said root. But it's if that's either or. I say route, you could say root. We're, we're both right. Anybody's right. I don't, I don't discriminate right. on the verbiage. But either way, a route runner. Is you know, it's, it's, kind, it's, kind of, it's kind of weird because like, this is totally off the subject, but I just remembered. Like here, we say we're going to college. It, like in, in Europe or like they say we're going to university. Yeah. Weird, huh? True. And yeah. we say schedule. They say, they say schedule. Something like that. Tea and crumpets, Governor? Something like that. Hello, Governor. Going to schedule. I mean, he's talking from the guy that will mispronounce a lot of words. Anyway, let's move on, man. <laughs> let's move on. <laughs> so, you said football, some news, some speed, some hands, and some depth added to the roster. Dim, uh, Dana Demo with a nice pickup here. Arizona receiver Devon Cooper, a former three-star out of high school, appeared in 22 games for Arizona. Last year, appeared in 12 games, caught 18 passes, 364 yards. If you do the math on that, Monster, that's 20.4 yards per catch, and he figures to also maybe even help out in the run game. We'll talk a little bit more about him later. Um, he was dismissed from Arizona in May for what school officials described as a violation of athletic department policy, um, and he's a redshirt junior. He's going to have two years here at UTEP, so a nice pickup there. Also adding to the wide receiver crew, Jacob Cowing from Maricopa, Arizona. According to Brett Bloomquist, Bloomquist of the El Paso Times, he was the first to report that the 5'11 receiver, who was receiving Power 5 interest, according to, according to Bloomquist, he has three years on the varsity level where he had 21 total touchdowns last year, 28 catches, 872 yards. Let me repeat that. 28 catches for 872 yards and 10 touchdowns. That tells me, one, that that offense maybe didn't throw that much. But when they did, they were throwing to Jacob Cowing, and Cowing was making plays. So that's a guy, another guy, too, that you figured to be into the running game there. Or, excuse me, into the passing game. And, and we'll get into that right now because there's a lot of bodies well, that are going to um, figure, figure into that mix. And that's going to be one of the things we've talked about, the offense. We know they got the running back. Um, by the way, um, Unfortunate that Quadras Wally's not going to be there, right. you know. Uh, but like I said, when we talked last podcast, it gives the opportunity to everybody else to step up, including uh, Deion Hankins. Uh, is this though though the receiver we saw yesterday at the at the? This wasn't. Sprint, the, he didn't get that many. Which uh, is the reps. one we saw? The one that we saw yesterday was Cooper. He was wearing number one. Okay. He's going to wear number two. He was wearing number one yesterday just because it was second, pretty much his second day out there. Not the only jersey they had available, but he was out there. We'll, we're yeah. going to talk more about. But when him, we talk about, about that, about remind Kemp. me because I got some inside scoop. Well, awesome. I mean, it's, not, it's awesome. just it's just like a statement from awesome. one of the coaches. That's awesome. So moving on, uh, just last bit of UTEP football news. Some recruiting updates yesterday. Hi. 
Jaime Escobar from El Paso Burgess, Neil Rutledge, his head coach over there. Shout out to Coach Rutledge. What up, guy coach? that we do a lot of work with on the high school football side. Town Talk Sports, what up? He's committed to UTEP. Now, this is a guy, Monster. Remember when we went to that combine yeah. um, at El Paso High? It was the blue-gray all-star game combine, if I, rem- if I remember that right. That was in March, correct? That, that was in yeah. March. I watched the lineman, Jaime Escobar is a man amongst boys in that. He was fluid. I mean, 6'5", 230, he's a big kid, but he is athletic. No, 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 no. 6'5", 275. No, 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 6'5", 300, I'm sorry. Oh, I, my I, God. I went 230. How do you go from 230 to 275 to 300? Because I meant to say 330, but he's actually 300. I'm, oh, my God. 6'5", 300 pounds? And he can move. That I is mean, huge. We saw him at that combine firsthand, and I think I even got some video of him doing an agility drill. I mean, this is a really... Really good pickup. He's you, you always the, the cliche thing to say under the radar guy. It's easy to say that. This is a true under the radar type of guy that's really talented. We saw his, seen him firsthand. I mean, it's amazing. And obviously, you know, watching his footwork, as I'm talking about, is amazing. Is the way that he's able to move and how agile he is and how athletic he is for being 6'5, 300 pounds. But really going to watch him this year because Burgess has a couple of really good running backs. And they run kind of the same offense that UTEP runs in terms of that that spread kind of run, power run. He's going to be on the left, uh, left tackle side. So, real, real interesting signing. Well, there. like I've said this. And I said about before, it doesn't matter what level of, of football you play. Without a great old line, you ain't gonna get nothing done. No doubt about it. And and UTEP nothing now done. that gives them three commits for the class of 2020. Ian James, another big lineman, 6'5, 275 out of Aubrey, Texas. He committed July 31st. The uh, second commit, which we were talking about last time that we talked to you guys, athlete Khalil Warfield from San Antonio, he committed July 27th. UTEP has handed out some of the fewest offers in FBS. I saw a tweet about that the other week, but I don't think there's anything to worry about that. I think at, at UTEP, the way that they recruit, they recruit a little bit differently than most have. Damon oh. Dimmel is really kind of meticulous in what he has, and or, or not only what he has in his pocket, but he's really going after the transfer market. Exactly, and that's and, what and he that's, told that's, us, that's, too. That's really the more important thing. I mean, you're going to see this recruiting pick up, obviously, from high school kids, but you know, I think there's a point in time for that. Usually December to February, that's when UTEP does their damage, recruiting high school kids. And that's exactly what he told us, matter of fact, in February, that you got, the, you got actually two different recruiting times, and the First time, that's when everybody basically locks up everybody that they're going to have. But them, they're going to wait to see who's still available. Right. And they're they're one of the few schools that still have a lot of scholarships to give out. So the ones that aren't picked up, that's when they go and get the other people. So that's what they did last year. And I'm hoping all three of these recruits that are committed sign in the early signing day in December. That's the key. If you get a high yep. school kid right now, if you're UTEP, you want to ink those guys in December to add them to that February class. As we see, we, we know how it is here at UTEP. It's hard to get kids here to visit. So you use that December, that, that ability to visit December once high school playoffs enter into January and February. You really utilize that for those visits to bring those kids and try to get those commits. So three commits so far, not, not a bad job here by Dana Dimmel. Um, also, they recently offered Isaiah Davis out of Pebble Hills. We got to see him in a spring game. We he, did. He, he's playing a, a more expanded role in that offense. So he's really uh, um, a, a really raw talent. Didn't really put up too much uh, yardage last year. But this year as a senior, he goes 6'3", 185 pounds. He's been on the camp circuit this year. He's put he's turned a lot ahead. So UTEP's the first to offer. If he continues to have a big year for Mark Torres over there on the east side of town in the Pebble Hills Spartans, this is a kid that could well, see his well, recruiting I'll, profile. I'll tell you what, he's got a lot of skill, and he's fast. And I'm telling you what, I did a couple. I did a lot of Pebble Hills games last year with the Town Talk Sports El Paso, and 
I mentioned his name a lot last year, so I think this kid would be a tremendous pickup, especially for the wide receiver core that the Miners have. So yesterday after, oh no, it was the morning. Yesterday was, morning. Well, let's just say like slash, af- let's just say early afternoon. I, you know, and I, I got to say, I almost didn't make it. I just had so yeah, I, much I, I, trouble I, I, I waking up that you. morning. I, you know, I, I woke up at 7.15 to get, to try to leave the house by seven thirty, I laid in bed for an hour. Got man, out the I was house I was on the I was on the road like at seven twenty already, <laughs> man. Just because uh, what we're talking about is we went to uh, Camp Ridoso as UTEP uh, spent the first week, actually the only week, because usually it's two weeks right. that they spend in Ridoso, and because they actually opened up the camp in Ridoso, uh, it's usually two weeks, but this time they decided to do one week. So, and then at the end of that week, which is Saturday, they have the uh, scrimmage. And let me just say this right now. It's not really a scrimmage. Right. It's not. It's, I don't. I don't know why they call it a scrimmage, because and and it, it kind of irks me. A, I'm gonna lie to you. It irks me a little bit. Kind of like they called the spring game the spring game, and it was not a game at all. You know. So they're calling this a scrimmage. It's not a scrimmage. Just 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 call it like practice. That's what it was. I mean, it, it, back in the Coogler's day, Coogler days, these scrimmages were real scrimmages. I mean, they'd go for two and a half hours, and you know, it, not only would they scrimmage, you know, a full length. Yeah. To drive, but they would also go red zone. Uh, they would go over two minute drill. They would go over third and seven, fourth and four situations, um, and that's what we didn't see. And that's a product of, of the way the game is changing uh, in terms of keeping guys safe, keeping guys healthy. Um, I would think maybe you know I would kind of argue that, that the kids kind of were looking out there, looking to get after it on Saturday. Um, you know, that's kind of my take on that. You know, you, you saw a lot of guys moving around fast. It wouldn't. Have, it would have been nice to have at least have one full contact type of game, uh, type of setting for the club. But I mean, overall, Mustard, compared to what the last time we watched this club yeah. back in in April, I came away pretty impressed. Um, uh, there, there, there's a couple of, of players that impressed me. So you tell me what uh, what players impressed you? Now, well, let me just say for for being the second year, uh, I think uh, under Coach Demo and his coaching staff, I think this team. From because last year there were I don't know I don't I don't, don't want to say they're like on edge, but this year they seemed a little bit more relaxed. I agree. I just agree. from being out there, they 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 felt more, for me just being an observer, they kind of felt more relaxed. You me. saw that it was loose. Um, you know, it, it was a workout where everybody went hard. There wasn't you didn't see a coach have to yell at anybody to move, to be in the right place. It, it was it was a really smooth practice. And and on on another note of that. You know, this practice wasn't as physical. So as far as offense and defensive line, you know, just put it out there on the beginning because we're going to be talking a lot about the skill players on uh, here in our talk. But offensive line kind of wasn't really a factor. Um, and I say that because it seemed like at the point of attack, guys were kind of stopping, um, you know, even even when there was a run, when they would call a run, when there's maybe five or six runs called during the whole team period. It was really to kind of, I think what they were working on was working out of passing on their pro sets. Um, Brandon Jones was under center a lot. They run a lot of offset eye with the tight end wing, either strong side or weak side. We saw we saw some tight ends in there. Saw that Purdue tight end, the the, the transfer per, um, from Purdue. He was out there really a lot. Talking uh, about Trussell. Jess Trussell, yes. Jess Trussell. He was out there a lot. So it wasn't kind of it, it was a scrimmage where it seemed like they were working on specifics of some of their pro sets that they and, had. And, and I'll be honest with you, we talked about this. Like the one thing they got to work on, as opposed to like last year, they're obviously trying to be a running game. You had a running quarterback, and right now. The way it is right now, Brandon Jones is the starting quarterback. Right. You know, by the way, we, we got to talk about that. Kyle Oxley's back on this team. 
you know, but from what I hear, he's at the bottom of the depth chart right. and he's going right. to have to work his way back up. And that's just the way it is. Uh, from what I hear, that's what the players voted. It was a player's vote and they decided he can come back on the team, but he's going to have to be at the bottom of the depth chart and he's going to have to work his way back on. And I have no problem with that. Right. And I have no problem. And with it's that. hard to work your way up when he didn't take one rep, according to people that we talked to all week in Rio Doso. Now that's apparently going to change. I heard Demo tell that to Brett, Bo- Brett Boonclis. So you could probably read that one of his reports. So basically Kai's been benched in a sense, you know what I mean? Yeah. By his teammates and, th- and this coming week of camp, he'll get, more reps now whether that's the twos or the threes um and like i, mean, I said but, i i have no problem with that and, you and know because the one thing you got to get that confidence back from your teammates you know right. i and, mean and, and we're going to talk about brandon jones in length a little later um but I, I he just looked amazing i mean he he was out there and and when i when i was talking about kind of the offensive formations right now it was more of how he handled that and and all the quarterbacks because utep really well, we saw we saw a lot of skill packages, monster, from yeah, the running back position, from the receiver commission uh, position. You know that was the my biggest takeaway from that camp was, is is how many guys and how many players that we didn't expect to actually be there, but not only be there, but they looked a lot fluid. You know, Justin Garrett running crossing routes across the middle, um, you know, was looking really solid. Richie Rodriguez, his short routes in and out on the short routes. What about my boy for me, Slid up? And and, and man, Ray Flores, I'm telling you, this kid at running back, I mean, it's, they're going to be all right. I think, I I think this, there's something there. Now, is it polished? No. No. Um, You know, is it ready to go out there and and put 40 points on Houston Baptist right now? Eh. I mean, I don't, I mean, let me just say you right now, better, man. I, I think you're like being because with you, like for me, it's like they just have to win the game. Yeah. But you, you want them to go out there and make a statement and just blow out Houston Baptist. And, and from what I saw, I just I, want them to win the game. From what I saw in practice, I mean, that that was good practice football. You know, yeah. I, I, and that that's kind of the point of, of 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 kind of what we're bringing with our thoughts is is we're not saying that that this team is really going to be talented just off of one practice, but we saw much. A lot better improvement and clean football and good offense and not very many pre-stat penalties and, and the offensive line protected well and the defensive line. Well, even they, they got did in have there. a couple of all, like penalties, you know, offside and stuff right. like that. But that it didn't wasn't to work on. Yeah, but. but that's for the first scrimmage. You know yeah, what I mean? For right. the first time that they are scrimmaged when they went team. You know, I thought it was real clean. And not only that, but there were some big catches. You saw yeah. guys really make some big catches. Alan Busey working working on the near catch. side where we were where we were down the sideline, and then uh, Devon Cooper. They they were. Talking targeting him on that far side a lot downfield and you can tell that his conditioning isn't there but the kid is really really going to continue just to be a downfield threat and i know you had a little okay so now this is the thing with with cooper is i talked to uh and this is coming from the defensive side defensive uh coordinator um uh, mike cox he's like like i told you he's he's the he's the guy i'm closest with on on the coaching staff uh he told me we talked before everything started he goes hey man you know what this wide receiver we just picked up from Arizona, Devon Cooper, is the real deal. So if this is the defensive coordinator telling you about a position that he doesn't coach, but on the other side, but he observes because he has to deal with him and try to stop him during practice, you know that Devon Cooper is the real deal. And hopefully that happens during the regular season too. And then talking about weapons, Walter Don, they used him everywhere. They did. He was at running back that. in seven on seven. Um, he was a receiver on team. They put him in running back. Deion Hankins was working with the twos and threes. Um, well, let's talk about Deion real quick. Yeah. It, uh, the, the the fact with Deion, of course, like you know I'm high on him, Deion, of course, because we covered him here on Tom Talk Sports El Paso. Uh, with, uh, we played for Parkland. But, uh, and he, to his credit, he admits that 
he's not there yet because he still doesn't have all the plays down. But once he gets the plays down, I think for him, like transitioning from the high school game to the college game, you know, apples and oranges, totally different. The speed, like you talked about last last podcast that here in El Paso, he's running over everybody. But now you get to the next level, college level, work the, Division it. One level, you know, everybody's fast, right. you know. So he's going to get used to it. He, I think he just has to make adjustments, but I think – uh, the fact that Wadley is done for the season, that elevates him and see how many opportunities he's going to get out there and see what he can do. But to, to his credit, like I said, he's, he, he admits he's not there, but once he gets all the plays down, that we'll see what happens. So we'll break down here kind of the position, the, the skill position, and that was that was really our biggest takeaway. You know, defensively, we'll talk about the defense real quick before I go into um, breaking down the skill position, but defensively, just, you know, there's a lot of new pieces out there, and there's a lot of work that needs to be done defensively. And I don't want to say I called it, but I kind of called it in terms of the communication in the secondary. There was mm-hmm. a lot of pre-snap mm-hmm. confusion, but there was also a lot of bodies being moved around. So when you talk about defensive line, that's set as terms of the rotation, the ones, the twos, you know, what Dana Dimble's now looking for is twos and threes. And that, parlays into the defensive secondary and that's really where we talk about Brandon Jones a little bit Brandon Jones had a big day he picked apart the secondary it's more of a communication thing there's a lot of good athletes on that side we saw that firsthand we were on the defensive side and these guys would come up to us after they would go through their plays or get their reps and I mean there's some really really good athletes right now it's a mental curve and you know the mistakes that they're making out there in week one of 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 camp you expect that but the athleticism out of the defense is going to be good for UTEP this is really offensive uh, offensive heavy podcast talk because that was really what we've been looking at and so when we go back to kind of the depth chart of how it's going to set so at running back Trayvon Hughes is the guy we didn't we didn't Trayvon played here and there he was more active honestly he looked really good in seven on seven they were throwing out of the backfield to him a little bit uh kind of concentrating on him more so Trayvon's the guy then after that, that's where it, it's it's going to come to week to week because you have Deion Hankins. Is he going to be the two guy? Ronald Watt also was in there as well. Mm-hmm. He's moved back he over from defense to offense. And we talk about Ray Flores. Ray Flores and then uh, Walter Don. So it's basically Hughes is going to get the, the bulk of the carries. After that, it's going to be week to week. Can Hankins grasp the offense from a mental standpoint because that boy – he filled out that uniform, that 33 he, oh, uniform that's as the a one, freshman. That's the worst thing we we noticed right away. It looked like he had gained about 15, 20 pounds of yep. pure muscle and, and that's gonna from be, last that's, year. That's going to be so. Now the, now, the wide receiver spot, it's a that, little different. Yeah, Because is. you have Cooper. You, you can put Cooper. You can etch him in. He's he's going he's gonna to man one of the outside receiver spots. You figure Trey Wolf will. He had a quiet day yesterday, but we all know Trey Wolf has that talent. Then you have Justin Garrett. Then you have Alan Busey. Then you have even Walter Don to move him back. And then um, the one thing that surprised us is how – Big uh, workman, how tall workman really is in uniform, and that's going to be another question too. Q Workman was also working kind of with the twos and the threes. You know, I think he can use a redshirt spot, but UTEP might be able to use him yeah. this year at some capacity. You also have Keenan Foster that was out there. Um, Richie Rodriguez, I've, I've been high on Richie Rodriguez since he was a junior at, at, at Eastwood. There, is, there's a little bit, there's some hope there. There's some hope there. That's going to be a revolving spot in terms of skill positions. And we talked to Dana Demo about that. And here's Dana Demo's comments about how that workout went on Saturday, the first week of camp and the what I'm gonna call the fluidity the, the fluid depth chart for the UTEP offense. 
So first week, coach, how do you feel? Uh, first week, you know, I, I told the team when we started the week, we want to come, you know, go up on the mountain and be consistently improving each and every day. And when we leave the mountain, be a much better football team. And I feel like we've left with, with making a lot of improvement. The most important thing we've improved on is just our mental toughness and working and getting a feel of working with our pads on and getting ourselves in better condition. So I feel really positive about that. And then the big thing for me has been building depth. You know, I really want to work on building depth. And I think we did this. Seems like on the 7-7 seven seven and team, work offense kind of won the day is that something a positive curve for them well, that's huge just early in camp you know we did some really good things on offense today and uh threw the ball well and receivers made some nice catches and so there was a lot of positive things to be taken from that you talk about building depth offensively it seems like there's a lot of pieces it seems like you guys are gonna have a lot of work yeah. to break down film and not only from first week but obviously the next couple weeks as you sure. go back home as we start evolving and trying to you know we got so many quarterbacks in the mix right now and a lot of receivers in the mix and we got to start making sure we start getting the reps to the guys that are going to be playing as we get three weeks from kickoff now you know so it's not very long away and so it's going to be important to get those quarterbacks uh, the reps they need to be ready to play it's safe to say as your skill players go to the depth chart that's going to be maybe evolving from week one to week 12 just sure. because you have depth is that, yeah, is that, safe that that's safe to say the depth is going to definitely be evolving at the receiver position for sure and and at the running back position it's going to be interesting who steps up when the lights are on and does some good things so i'm just excited to watch these guys continue to improve each and every day and then we'll start like i said narrowing down the reps for the guys that need to get them to get ready for the first game defensive standpoint where do you see this defense kind of evolving now that you had this week obviously today kind of give and take there but yeah. you know, over the next couple of weeks what's kind of the goal for the defense yeah, is the, all the new pieces the defense have been perf- has been performing very well I like the depth that we have at D-line I really do and I think we got some good players in our starting group at defensive line I like the way our, you know our linebackers have been doing some nice things Jason Van Hook's back and performing really really well and, you know I, I think the new guys we brought in, in the secondary are performing at a high level as well so I'm pleased with where the defense is the area that we really have to just keep improving is our linebacker play. That's the most important thing for us right now. Overall, what's the what's the key over the next couple of weeks as you guys transition into week two and then obviously into a, a preparation for game week? What are kind of the main focuses for your club on this? Yeah, the main focus is developing your twos and threes. You know, obviously that's the most important part of a football team is to get your twos and threes better. Our, our ones got to improve, but the twos and threes got to get better all the time. So that'll be a big focus for us. Is that a product of today where you kind of went twos on ones? And yeah. is, is that, is yes, that yeah, that's what we do. Twos and ones, ones on twos. We try to do that all the time to get our twos the best you know, going against the best guys so they can improve. And those are the comments of UTEP head coach Dana Demo, a tanned Dana Demo Very out tanned. there, out in Rio Doce. By the so. way, you got you. Uh, we we do have. We, we'll put this video up on Puros Miners Bro uh, Twitter. You got to be. Um, I got I got some great remarks from uh, Athletic uh, uh, Director Jim Center with my savviness of how I was able to record all this because I was actually we actually do have video of this as Alex was talking to him because I was being the cameraman and the mic guy at the same time so you got to see how I was able to do that that's pretty funny though yeah (laughs) we'll put that video up there uh in a couple of days so the star of camp let's get to the the man that just really blew us away I mean Brandon Jones from seven on seven monster to teamwork this is his team. He's our guy. Yeah. If you're a UTEP fan, Brandon Jones is your guy. And I came away just impressed. I mean, not only you're going to hear the, the, the interview that we did with him. I mean, he's well-spoken, yeah. as everybody knows. But yeah. the guy handled everything from just – and I'm not saying he's a future NFL prospect or anything like that. He ha- he handles his, his business like a pro. He well, really does the, out there. The one that we talked about, like I said, I said 
earlier in the in the podcast that I talked about that the team seemed more relaxed and the one person that seemed more relaxed out of everybody out there was Brandon Jones. And let me tell you right now, the quarterback position is done. It's it's this is Brandon Jones's team. Let there me say is. that again. There it is. It is Brandon Jones's team. It is his. He, it's the quarterback spot is his to lose. You know, and by the way, let me just say, we saw some other people out there. You know, we finally got to see the guy here, Gavin Hardinson, that you're like very high on. And oh my God, he's got a laser and he's got a cannon and he's got some accuracy. So even when I we spoke to some of the players when it was over, they themselves were impressed with Gavin Hardinson. But without a doubt, and I'm going to tell you this right now, the, the leader of this team, without a doubt, is Brandon Jones. Oh, no doubt. I mean, the throws he was making across he, oh, let the me, middle. Let me break it down. Even before everything happened with the Loxley situation, the leader of this team was Brandon Jones. I agree. I mean, he's... He, and this is, this is from the inside because some of the players told me. He, he does everything well. I mean, he just from... I mean, everything he does is, is, is just well calculated. I mean, it's... Some of the throws he was making, some of the reads, it was just so clean. It was crisp. It looked like he had been in this offense for years. And, and you know, we saw him really play well in the spring game, but the receivers didn't help him. Uh, that was a big thing that a big takeaway if, if you go back to a couple podcasts ago when we talked about you know how worried we were about this receiver group well it was night and day today because they had a leader you know he was making great throws across the middle a couple great deep balls great reads there was even a couple times where um he bailed out the pocket and and yeah. and, and and for good just not just to make a play but because he's standing there it was a, a coverage sack and, and like you talked about it he plays. confused the defense he did he really did i mean uh, he, the way that he's able to just be comfortable with his reads, with the windows in this offense, across the middle, to the outside. I mean, it, and not only that, but the, the check downs to the running back. Some of those throws were just perfectly led on mm -hmm. where, you know, maybe they're not big plays, but those five, seven-yard completions, which will turn a second down, a second down and seven to a third and two. That's what UTEP hasn't had at a quarterback position. And that's really the big thing that I want to see is, is on those second down plays, can Brandon Jones get those five, six yards? Can he make it third and manageable? And then on third down and manageable, can he make that play with his arm? We know he can move around a little bit. He's not Kai Loxley. Of course not. So here's just a, here's a scenario. All right, let me hear your scenario. That I want to play with uh, because we, I mean, the, the big wait, question wait, wait. is. Here we go now. Here we go now. Here's Alex's scenario. So basically, you have Kai Loxley now is going to, pretty much be your I and mean, we don't even know he's got to earn his spot this week he really does now if UTEP continues and starts the season off on a different foot where they're actually competing in games and they have a chance and Brandon Jones is the guy like we've said does Kyle Loxley move to a receiver and help out because right now he's not he's Brandon Jones is the guy we've I mean and, we've and, said and, it how many and, times have we said that and, in this and, podcast and, about 10 times but. And, and deservingly so like like you talk about in all sports it doesn't matter next man up and before everything happened with Loxley, he was the man, and then next man up, Jones has become the man. And you said like, like good for him. They're both they're both seniors, yes. So you know that Loxley wants to play as well. So I would I would say yes. He can help. use his legs. He is a great runner. You know he's tall. You know maybe we'll see. Like let's see how that progresses. That's one of the big questions that I have. And but let me just say this that. Let's just get in a situation and they run the Wildcat or some different formation of the Wildcat and you got Loxley back there, you know he can throw as well. So right. it'll be a legit threat. And and that's and 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 that's how I think blown away we were as good as Brandon Jones is because a couple of weeks ago, our last podcast, I'm basically t I've reversed course and I progress because I'm thinking, well, Kyle Loxley's the guy if he's yeah. if he if he's if he's able. Well, he's not. 
But we can use that athleticism at, at, at a slot receiver, as an outside receiver. And it's just something to think about. Um, I was joking with it with a couple people around the sidelines, and it's kind of wasn't, you know, it's kind of taken seriously, you know, about, hey, you know, that could possibly happen. But let's just see how it progresses. Um, because Brandon Jones is that guy. And, you know, we continue to say it. And, and it feels good because now for the first time over the past three or four years, UTEP has a starting quarterback going into the second, third, and go, actually going in a couple of weeks before an opener. You know, it's been a big question over the past couple of years, who's going to be the quarterback. Now they're set. And not only are they set, but we saw him lead that team. Yeah. The team feeds off of him. The team understands it. And that's more. That's the most important thing, more than completion percentage and, and reads and all that. The team believes in him. The team understands that. And, I mean, you're going to hear right now, let's jump right into it. I mean, Brandon Jones spoke to us after a successful spring or first week of spring for the Miners. Not over yet, but here's Brandon Jones. All right, Brandon, so uh, talk about today, man. I think you guys had a really, really good day out there offensively and, and yeah. yourself personally. Yeah, we had a great practice today. Uh, we just want to come out here and just for our last day out here, kind of just our coach, like we've become a, a much better team up on this mountain. We're thankful for just coming up here and having an opportunity. So we uh, we performed well today, offense and defense. It was a really, really high energy, uh, just a great practice. Obviously, a, a year of, of experience on the field, it, it will do you well. But what has been a key for you off season to really kind of just improve not only your footwork physically, but your cerebral game here as a quarterback yeah just kind of staying locked in with football most most of the time people are like all right so off season i can kind of take a break from everything chill out and we had those days but we were hitting it with coach canalis and some of the gas just trying to make sure that we get this offense right right because it's our offense we have to lead it so we took it on ourselves as a quarterback we're kind of just we're going to put in more work than anybody in the country so that's what we wanted to do coming in and we fight it's paid off you got a, a former Heisman candidate right here behind you, Tom. Uh, B. Neely. <laughs> hey, this man right here. That's the goat right there, man. No doubt B. about Neely, it. Great man. Love him. Looking at your guys' offense and pretty much the depth chart of the skill players, you guys have a lot of moving pieces right now. Obviously, you guys are trying to figure it out. Has there been any skill guys that have kind of jumped out for you, even you know, going down running back, tight ends? Absolutely. Just over. Yeah, so our running backs, I mean, we have Deion Hankins. We have uh, Trayvon. Uh, dudes who have just stepped up to the plate, Ray Flores, who are just playing well in absence of Q being gone, right? Um, we have some receivers, Trayvon. Wolf, Alan Busey, uh, Justin Garrett. I mean, the list goes on. Tina Foster, Walter Don. These guys are playing 10 times better than we were last year, right? And so um, they put in the work this offseason as well, and it's showing. How would you assess your guys' first full week here in camp? Yeah, um, we're, we got a lot better just in a week span, right? Um, obviously, we have a lot to go, a lot of ways to go just to, to get ready for week one, but uh, we're on the right trajectory for sure. Without reviewing film of today, obviously you guys had that, that team period. Yeah. What do you feel as an offense? What is your number one goal to improve going taking it day by day as you guys head yeah. back to El Paso? We just want to execute more, eliminate the mistakes. We had a couple penalties today. We got to eliminate that stuff if we want to win ball games. So we want to be perfect when we come out here knowing that's not going to happen, right? But just limit the mistakes as much as possible and we feel like we can play with anybody. So What's been a talk in the locker room among the senior leaders about turning this thing around? You know, Obviously, it can't be done in a day. You guys have been here for a year already trying to build it. Yeah. What has been the talk about turning it around and, and, and bringing this program you know, to back to a prominent area? Yeah, so funny, we had this conversation a couple of days ago, and it has nothing to do with football. We just want to be great men off the field. We want to take care of the little things. We want to not get in trouble off the field. We just want to handle stuff the way it should be handled. So uh, we feel like if we can get that right, get our locker room right, the field stuff will take care of itself. We're all athletes. We're all at the Division one level. We can play football, obviously, but it comes down to the little things. Making sure the trash is picked up, your locker's clean, 
chain, stuff like that. And so great programs, they take care of that stuff. And that's what we want to be. I remember in high school, they used to harp on us on oh, that. Yeah, and we do, and that's a big deal. Yeah. So the city of El Paso, obviously, had he's gone through a rough week. Yeah. What has been the talk of you guys as far as inspiration, bring back to the community, not only when you guys come back for camp, but obviously for the regular season to try to lift the community back? Yeah, up. I mean, that, what happened is awful. And El Paso, just know we're all praying for you. We love you guys. Uh, we are El Paso. This is our family, right? We're here. We live here 10 months out of the year. So, um, we just want to say that and that we're putting everything we can just to make them proud. That when we come back to the Sun Bowl August 31st, that they can kind of rally around and have something to feel good about. Uh, what happened is terrible, and we just want to give the fans something good. Brandon, thanks for your time. Good luck to you and your minors this year. Yes, sir. Appreciate it. And those are the comments of UTEP quarterback Brandon Jones, a depth chart that, I mean, two years ago looked like it was in yeah. trouble, and, but and by we the saw way, some um, good things overall, not only from Brandon and, Jones. And by the way, let me just say this. If you couldn't tell that that's a leader by listening to what he said, then there's something very wrong with you because that Agreed. was confidence and that was leadership personified. And then also what he said about what happened, the, the horrific events, you know, like well said, you know, I mean, they are UTEP, they are El Paso, you know, so it felt they felt it too. So great leader. But I do got to point out that we were very impressed with Gavin Hardison, that we finally got to see him. Once again, I got to bring that up because it's because right now, it, the way I look at it right now, he'd be my number two. He threw two touchdown passes in seven on seven, and those yeah. were beautiful balls right and, across and, the and, middle and of the he field. Lay, he laid some, some darts in there too and some dimes. Man, I'm telling you, like, even like I tell you, like, even some of the players, like, they were very impressed with Hardison. Yeah. I just want to bring that up that I'm, I'm happy that we got a solid number two. Him, him, and also can't forget about TJ Goodwin. He yeah, looked yeah. good out there yeah, too. Did, so the you know? future, I came away, you know, really, really impressed with that quarterback position. Uh, not only what you have in Brandon Jones, but also down the depth chart. So let's get into some Twitter questions. Had a couple of people ask a couple of questions here. Let's check out at Puro Miners Radio. Don't forget to follow us there on Twitter. Start off with my man, Locomotive Miner, Lutep Miner. With the rules now allowing freshmen to play four games and still being able to redshirt, do you think that Goodwin will see the, the field at this point this season? That's tough because, like I said, like we mentioned, Brandon Jones is the guy. So in a scenario where UTEP is competing, they're winning, you know, Brandon Jones is, is playing well. There's I've, no I've, need to I've, replace I have an easier him. answer for that. No. If they're winning, yes. If they're not – well, if they're winning, no. Right. If they're not winning, then yes. Yeah. Because I was speaking to some of the coaches, and matter of fact, when I was talking to some of the coaches, not about this situation, but about other players – they brought up that same situation about the four-game thing that, hey, let's go out there. Let's see what they got. Put them in there. Let's see what they got because it's like a tryout, right. you know, and they, they are going to do that. But in that situation, like you said, if Jones is playing good, who knows, maybe Loxley comes back and maybe a Hardison or, or maybe I, I, I say I don't think they'll do that. Yeah, I, I, I don't I, think they'll do I, that. If, 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 if Jones is not the issue. And when I'm talking about wins and losses or well, I just say if the only if way Jones I really is not see the it, issue, he, there's no reason. There's no really reason to replace Jones. He's a senior. He needs film to improve and, and, and to become but, an but NFL. I, but type I understand guy. why Lutep is saying that because uh, this this minor team last year had a lot of injuries. Exactly. So I, I could maybe that's one scenario I see oh, it yeah. right now. Oh, and yeah. this, of course, is coming after the the uh, after the first week of camp, I think if somebody if, like, if injuries become a big problem, you like they be like they like they were linked last year, and, and that's why I was touching on kind of you know the 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 scenario of the season going on. But injuries wise, oh no doubt about it. I think injury wise, I think you will see Dana Demo play with that. If if there's injuries, God forbid there isn't. But if there is, I mean, I think no doubt about it. But you know, I, I okay. I, well, now let's let's bring it up again. What's the depth chart then? So we got Jones number one. Mm -hmm. 
And then who are we gonna put to? You know, I, I you know I put Hardison. I, would, I mean, I, right now, right, right now, I'd go with him. Um, I, or well, you know, Mark Torres. Mark Torres. I was about to say Mark Torres too. Was, he know, knows the offense. He knows the offense. He he actually got second, third team, and then you would put. Then you would put a guy like Goodwin in there. You'd put him as maybe that third, that fourth guy. Um, Calvin Brown holds also. You know, he got a couple of looks with the first and second team, too. He struggled in seven-on-seven. I think that was a bad day for him. He threw a couple interceptions during that. I think it's going to be very interesting to see how Kai does in the next three weeks of practice, trying to come up that There's a lot of pressure on him, honestly, you know, to kind of bounce back. So that's kind of what how I see it. And like you said, Monster's got that inside info about, you know – it, it is on the it, it is on the coach's mind, and, and yeah, like I said, it, it really is. So the season scenario, whether it's winning, losing, and injuries, those that's really what's yeah. going to dictate that. So, our but next, but if they can, then yeah, they're going to see it. But if there's no need, then they're not going to do it. So our next question here comes from Alex at the Sun King Eleven. What what group impressed most, and what was the overall vibe and energy level of the work? And now we kind of talked about the vibe and the energy level it was laid back. Energy was really really high. Guys were really competing. Um, you know, it was a really based on the passing game. That's kind of what we saw. But, I mean, what really impressed me was the receiver group, in my opinion. And we've talked about Brandon Jones and Lane. So I'm going to go a little bit different on this one to your questions. I was really – I was impressed with the receiver group. I mean, not only the the fluidity, but these guys got open. They made catches. They made plays. And there was some yards out there. We weren't keeping stats. But, I mean, there was some yards. There was some completions that really, really kind of – you haven't seen over the past couple of years and that's where it's kind of shocking. And when I say really, really, because we haven't seen those plays being made and that was really what impressed me the most. What, well, what well, group I, impressed you well, the most? Well, I saw Alan Busey make a tremendous catch right in front of me, you know, and I wish I had film of it because if I had film of it, it'd be like a top 10 type of play, you know, right but, in front of course, us too. But, but we can't record stuff like that. Without a doubt, I was, I was basically kind of impressed with the offense overall. You know, because that's the one thing that we know is gonna has to be their focal point. Because we know they're pretty much set on defense. You know, uh, Mike Cox is gonna have a great uh, def- defense coming up into the season. Coach Demos talked about how the defense is one of their main uh, strong points coming into the season. So for me, I was impressed with the offense. You know that they're able, like, and you talked about how like they're able to uh, catch the defense goal. They 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 kind of confused them. So I, overall, I was imp- I was impressed with the offense. We got. 11 Twitter questions from right, at we'll Johnny Utep. So we'll uh, some of these we've answered. So we, we t- he, his first question, did Lockley get any action in practice? We already talked about that in his yes. situation. Now this question, does Brandon Jones look any different this offseason compared to the last offseason? If so, in what ways also what it, will it translate into actual game production during the actual game? We've talked a little bit around that, um, particularly the, the the difference that I see from Brandon from the offseason to offseason is this focus. I've, I've got a word. I got a word. He's more composed. Yeah, it, he is composed. He's composed. He knows his. He knows his targets. He knows the. I mean, the big thing to me is that I. I feel like he's comfortable with his receivers. Not yep. so much the offense, but the personnel that he has around him, from the ones, twos, and threes, and that goes to his. And two. he's got to be happy too, because a bunch of the old, the old line guys are healthy this year. Right, and, and and that goes into basically Jonathan's next question is what wide receivers ran with the ones? It was basically Cooper, Trey Wolf, and Garrett, kind of as a slot guy. But that's going to change. But right now, I think game. 
one. I think you see you see you see uh, Cooper as that X. You're gonna have the Y is gonna be Trey Wolf, and then your slot guy and is and they're, be, and they're uh, gonna Justin throw Garrett. in Don as well. So. Yeah, and Don. So right now, that was what they threw out there right now, but that's gonna change um, as you heard Dana Demo talk about earlier. So how does this year's team in camp differ from last year's in camp? Honestly, I didn't see them in camp um, last year. I, I didn't get a chance to go out there, but I mean, I did. It's like I said this year. They they seem more relaxed. Yeah, there, there's you, you can tell that the coaching is more toward not towards technique. It's more of let's make a play. Your hips weren't turned this way because you didn't make a play, or you know you didn't run this route correctly to make a play that it was there. So it, you just see more. It's it's simple to say in year two, but the players are more comfortable. They're going out there not to learn the system. They're going out there now to work to make plays and and to go back to your question about Brandon Jones also you know making that production. Um, what do you think will be this year's team's strength and weaknesses? I think we talked about the strength a, a couple podcasts ago. The strength is going to be in the running game, no matter who at running back as long as that offensive line is healthy the strength will be in the running game right now the weakens the weaknesses in that defensive secondary and the linebacker spot because there's so many inexperienced guys you're running in new players that could turn into a strength because of the good athletes that they have but sitting right now in mid-august i think the defense is going to start slow like you talked about in the last podcast but i like i said coach cox has got a way to he's he finds the best out of these guys and the next question here was, have they been practicing any up-tempo and no-huddle situations? I no, don't think they I didn't have. See that. We didn't, like I said, they were working more pro-style stuff. I, that's not, I'm not sure. That's if if they did, we didn't see that. Um, who's the projected starting kicker? I don't have that information. We didn't watch kickers. Uh, he asked a couple of questions about kickers that I'm not sure. I didn't, if that's I didn't it. see. I didn't see any of the no, kickers get did, any work at all. No, they did some kickoff and they did some kickoff work. But I mean, yeah, as far as special team guys, I haven't looked at that. But I, I didn't um, see them doing any field goal work at all. No, I they, did. They, I really did. I, they did. They did it when I when I drove up. They were on the side field working their individual stuff. But yeah, I think all that will be ironed out in the next couple. And it's important. Well, that, that's and, it. They'll, they'll they'll what they do. They they kind of like to end practice by doing that. Right. You know. So August thirty first is the season opener against Houston Baptist. We'll come. We'll definitely have a preview of that week and try to get out to some more practices. Kind of see what's going on as the basically. You know, kind of to wrap up our talk about camp. I mean, the depth chart on offense is fluid and defense um, in terms of the secondary and and the backfield and even the offensive line. I, I don't think they're really fully set there outside of you know your, your Gatewoods and, and and the guys that are returning. But you know, a lot of work that has to be done. But I mean, overall, I mean, I came away more impressed than I thought I would. And like I said, for the first week, I'm happy. Yeah. And then remember, you got to remember too. This is barely the first week. So a lot of the kids made a lot of mistakes because you expect that. It's practice, you know. But from what we saw, when they actually started doing, like Alex says, seven on seven, when he started running some plays, like we were impressed with Brandon Jones, no doubt, and the offense. So to wrap up this episode of the Puto Minus Bro podcast, let's talk some UTEP hoops. We got a schedule. Monster. Thank God we got, we got, got a schedule. schedule. Breaking We've got news, schedule. we have got a schedule. And you know what? How excited is... is, is like Christmas let's Day. be honest. Let's, I was Day. about to ask because let's be honest. I already knew I, what you are going to I'm ask. more of a football guy. You're more of a basketball guy. Um, so, yeah. So, it's like Christmas for you. So, how? Yeah. Like first, first uh, right off the bat, just looking at the, uh, the schedule... Um, how happy, before I tell you, like ask you individual games, but how happy are you with the schedule this year? You know, it's, it, let's just be real. I mean, it's when you're looking at it from a strength of schedule, per, uh, you know, kind of look at, you know, RPI and all that. I mean, it's weak. It is what it is. You know, there's not very you know many what? sexy I, I, games. I, I, I'll be honest with you. I don't care about that anymore. And, and, you know and, why? And, and because and all, you gotta do is win, all you got to do is win the tournament and you're in. I don't care because they tried all these different things. Conference USA has tried all this stuff and, at the end of the day, 
We're not going to get respect. I'm talking about all conference USA. I don't care if we're beating all this RPI people. We can be all that because we saw last year. Last year we should have had two teams right. in there without a doubt. We should have had two, but we didn't because we get no respect. And and that's what I was saying. That that's what I was getting into. Like when you look at and now I'm upset. When when, when you look I'm at upset. it from. <laughs> I mean, I'm being honest. I mean, you got to go out there, and these guys are busting their butts trying to get into the tournament, you know. And clearly, last year you should have had two teams from Conference USA in there, but it, it doesn't happen. I mean, that, I mean, we could we could go back to so many teams. I mean, and that, and that's what I was truly trying to get into. Is like I'm done with the whole strength of schedule stuff because it's all about winning in Frisco. Yeah, at the end I of the mean, day, it's all about winning the conference USA tournament. But so, like I said, when you're looking at it overall from an RPI standpoint and the strength of schedule, it's weak. But I mean, UTEP's been weak the past couple of years. Let's be real with yeah, it. Yeah, let's so be honest. This schedule really fits from top to bottom. When I look at the schedule, going back to your question, it, it fits what this program needs. You got some winnable games to start off the season. You got you you're playing in a really good tournament where you have an opportunity to build that quote unquote RPI. You know, I've already seen places where UTEP could start in the top 150 in RPI already. Um, you know, this coming season, I've seen some that, that are projected at 122, 150. So you kind of see where this the talent of this team is, where, you know, this schedule is kind of built for a 15 to 20 win window, you know, overall. And, and you know, you start right. off, you know, w- with some really winnable games. Here's the, the thing that that right away when I saw it and I went, wow, you got five straight home games to start off your season. Against the state of New Mexico. Five. The entire state of New Mexico. Well, four of the five. Yeah, you got New Mexico Highlands, then NMSU, Eastern New Mexico, New Mexico State. Wow. that that I didn't even think about that, yeah. you know, until you brought that up. But five in a row. You know, they, they don't they don't go they don't go on the road until December. And, December the third. And that's that. And it misused, that's so I'm not even going to count that. Right. You know, so December the 7th, not, they play against Arkansas Pine Bluff. Their first true road game is December I take it back, 19th. December 19th. Yeah. So they don't really go. That was bad. I, I, I messed up there. So December 19th, they don't go on the road. That's when they go on the road. Yep. And so, I mean, but, it, wow. but you, you have some challenges there. New Mexico State. Always tough. I mean, you know, you play yeah. them two out of your first, what, you know, the two two out of your first seven, eight games, whatever it is on there. And New Mexico is going to be improved this year. Wow, look they, at they this. Had a, New Mexico had a lot of transfers sit out last year. So Paul Weir's bringing in a good ball club here next year. Here's one thing that I do like, that they're uh, playing in the Diamond Head uh, tournament. And, and December 23rd. And it's guaranteed that uh, maybe they'll play December 25th, Christmas well, Day. Right. Well, no, they will play December 25th. They were actually supposed to play Washington. In, in game one, I don't know what changed. I've been trying to figure out, but then they switch it to Hawaii. So UTEP was actually supposed to play Washington in that first game. That flipped. So either Interesting. win win or loss, they'll play uh, either Washington or, or Ball State. Um, you know, and, and like I said, the schedule is what it is. I mean, it's 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 weak at the beginning, but it's good week. It's not a, a week that we're sitting here trashing it. It's a, this team needs that. They need to go out there and smash the New Mexico Highlands by 30, 40 points and get everybody in the game. And then, you know, buckle down against New Mexico State. That could be the first time we see the rotation really get chopped down to maybe a conference play where we see that. Then, uh, you know, another kind of exhibition game against Eastern New Mexico and then New Mexico comes in. So you kind of see, you know, you, you get an easy game, you get a t- tough game early on, and that's I like the way that's set up. And then after you play Pine Bluff on December 7th, that's really where it gets real, and that's where we're going to see kind of the rotation and see where guys are at in terms of production and, and where they need to be filled in. And so you have that the, the West Star Bank Don Haskins uh, Sumbo Invitational. Got to always say the full length. You can't just say the Don Haskins Invitational. You got to say West Star Bank Don Haskins Invitational. That's a, that's a tournament they should win. This year again, they they not only have they when lost. When was the, the past last time they won the three, tournament? Three honestly. years ago, I think three or four years ago. Are you sure about that? I, Are you sure about I'm that? Pretty 
pretty confident. Are you about sure that. about pretty that? Confident. All right. Three or four years ago. So it's time. It's time to get that one. Kent State, more than likely. UC Irvine and Kent State, those are two median average teams, average teams that, you know, that you should see either one of them in the championship game is going to give you a test. How do you think Houston's going to be this year? Houston's going to be real good. I mean, what they got going down there, um, you know, was it Kevin Sampson, I believe is down there. And I mean, that's, they're just, they're going to continue to reload as long as he's down there. They've invested so much into their athletic program there. Their football and and basketball teams are going to be good. That's a really good game. Also, there's an opportunity. UTEP could play Houston twice during the season. You know what I mean? So that's that stretch right there, and then you get into Conference USA play. Tough road trip to the Floridas to open up. You know, those those teams are usually the bottom of the barrel Conference USA teams, but it's always tough going to Florida and playing back-to-back games with the travel and, and, and all that deal that you deal with. Um, but, I mean, really, it, it's it's about winning in Frisco. Uh, That's it's like all I said, that like all, it is. All, all, what I'm looking for for this team, I expect some ups, I expect some downs, but what I expect, hopefully – is that Coach Terry has got this team ready to go for when the conference uh, tournament starts on um, whenever it starts in February and you win three or four games and you're in. That's that's I want them to I want them to peak when it's time to get into the tournament. If they, if they don't peak, I'll just like at least if they peak too soon or whatever, I want them going into the into the the conference USA basketball tournament. First of all, you got to make it. Let's let's be honest. True, but then secondly. True. With confidence, you know, because who knows? I mean, maybe this is the year uh, two teams from Conference USA get in, but I'm, I'm not. I'm just saying, like, you know, it's been like that for like it's been like that for seven years now. And, and when you talk about peak and development, I, I kind of I don't want to see an early peak. No, I'm just about. But, I'm talking but, about peak but, in um, February. But but I really want to see good basketball played by this team in that December stretch as well. Like I want that to be something that they can go back to. Mid conference USA schedule where where you were like you mentioned where you want to peak and start playing good, but to be like, look, we already had a really good stretch in December. Maybe we played some tough conference games and, and got beat. Maybe we lost back to back games. You know, maybe you know we're kind of in the middle of the pack. But I really want to see a good stretch up from December, really towards the beginning of conference play, to really kind of see what this team has because we've talked about it. A lot of people around town have talked about it on the message boards. I mean, there's some talent. There's some really good talent on this UTEP basketball team, and I think they they have that ability to really kind of peak twice during the season early on in the year and then being able to figure that out and have a basis to like monster was saying really peak during yeah. that conference play time because that's what it's about that's now. All if, about. If, if you're it's, a mid-major and it makes me very sad to say that you know because for the past couple of years we've been like praying or maybe they'll get two teams because nope. we'll do rpi nope they have they have nope. i think at this point Everybody involved in Conference UFC, they have tried everything that they have thought about trying to do. Because remember last year they started that other thing and stuff like that, and it didn't work. It doesn't work out. No, we don't. We doesn't. we just don't get the respect uh, from the people that the the committee. Basically, just kind of like you were exactly saying right now. If if you're a mid major team, you better start playing your best basketball in February to give yourself a chance. Because no matter if you're 22 and five going into February, you lose one or two conference games. And you happen to slip up in the conference tournament championship game or semifinal, you're going to the NIT more than likely. But it always brings me joy that in that first round, more than likely, that conference USA team always wins that first game. It's always. It's been a given. I'm pretty sure the betters in Vegas probably. It's, it's take been that like as that well. for like five years, right? Yeah. Yeah. So. Started, I think it was UAB over Iowa State. I yeah. think that's what started yeah. that a couple years ago. So November 5th, the Basketball season officially starts 7 p.m. New Mexico Highlands. It's good to have a date to set on. October is usually when you see 
uh, practices start. We'll try to get out there once it starts, try to have a couple people on from the basketball program. Actually lost a member of the program yes, to yes. defection uh, roster-wise. Utah freshman Jesse, I hope I'm saying this right. I haven't heard anybody speak his name, but Jesse Zarzuela from Houston. He was one of the first signees, one of the first commits UTEP had. He leaves the team, and, and really, you're looking at his departure. I mean, it's kind of a numbers game. My opinion of it, I think he was going to have to redshirt this year, and I don't think he liked that, and that's fine. You know, you're, you know the, the, way that, the way that Rodney Terry has built this program is there's depth. There's plenty of depth, particularly at the guard spot. I would love to have seen the kid. He looked like he had potential to be a really good athletic point guard. Um, but, you know, he's going to move on. Good luck to him. Um, you know, like I said, UTEP has a lot of talent right now in that backcourt. Deion Stroud, um, Nigel Hawkins. You have Jordan Latham, pretty much your starting point guard. Caden um, Archie. And then not only that, you, when you're looking at the future, um, the commit that we talked about that they got from Austin, Texas. Yes. So, you know, there is, it, it, it's a, there's some competition there. There's some really good competition there, and I mean, if you know this, that I feel like in this situation, maybe Coach Terry talked about. Well, this year you're going to redshirt. He was definitely figuring in for the future, but I don't think we would have seen Zarzella maybe to his redshirt sophomore. I agree year. with you. Do you know that we there's a lot, a lot of talent on that UTEP roster, and boy, I'm and fired up for November. You got to be, you got to be excited for November because remember how many players couldn't play last year. Exactly. And now, Six, and, and, and now they there. get to play. So Bryson and Williams potentially see. I, I could talk basketball for another yeah, hour, can. my man. I you really can. can. Excited for it. Excited for basketball. Excited for football. Couple weeks coming up here in Monster. Well, let the folks know how they can hear this podcast. Uh, once again, you can listen to this podcast. It's a- available everywhere, of course. Apple Podcasts, Spotify. Radio where- Public. Radio Anchor. Public. Anchor, I just Googled yes. this. That's where you can did find you? us. That's I awesome. Yeah. Uh, we're available like in seven different uh, – uh, there's there's many ways where we just just – Put in Puros Miners, bro, and it comes up. Subscribe you know? and rate on Apple, please. Yes, please subscribe do that. And, and rate then on uh, Apple. our Twitter is at Puro Miners Radio. You know, that's going to be active, very active. So account I've, I've decided, are we, um, am I going to do an Instagram for Puros Miners, bro? Do you want me to? You just want to rely on Twitter. I mean, we can, but it could be that Instagram you know, will I, be I, used for your road trips, the behind the well, scenes. Well, yeah, well, I kind of was going to say that, yeah. you know, because uh, Puros Miners, nice. bro, you know, because we have some pictures that nobody else is going to have, you know. Um, I think that'd be cool. All right, so I'll work on the Instagram. Hey, remind me, you know, because I got a lot of stuff going yeah, on that I sometimes I forget. Try to get you guys one minimum, maybe two podcasts before the season starts. Definitely the first week of the season, we'll have a preview. Also, we want to talk to some Conference USA football too in the next couple of weeks before the yes. season starts. Look into yes. that. So the next couple of podcasts will probably be football heavy as basketball kind of. And, and goes let's be in. honest, it should be, it should and be. it should be because yeah. we're about to start football. You know, let's let's be honest. So August 31st is when the season opener, like you said, the subscribe. Like, For me, that's Christmas. We'll, ah, yes, sir. Yes, sir. Uh, by the way, I just want to uh, give props to everybody from UTEP, uh, welcoming everybody from the media out there. And I um, thought they had a good job, you know, and it, it's a good opportunity to, like, talk to Jim Center and everybody involved with UTEP. With uh, Dana Demo. I had a good time out there. Yes, sir. We'll talk to you all soon. Once again, this episode of Puros Miners Bro is brought to you by CrossFit Exceptionally Made, 14251 Edgemere Boulevard. Call my man Chris, Go- Chris Gomez at 873-0875. Website is CrossFitExceptionallyMade.com. State Farm Agent Krista Martinez, her office located at 12295 Pelicano Drive. Phone number 855-8555. Website 915insurance.com. For Alex Nicolas on Mondo the Mastro Dina, this has been Puros Miners Bro.